With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The highest spenders should get the tickets, not the 
biggest fans. I know I've been lucky enough to be on the floor in the past. I've also had some of the worst seats in the house. I've also been shut out for tickets. And she mentioned stuff about fish playing New Year's Eve at Madison Square Garden. Last year, I had tickets. This year, I do not. This year, the tickets are even tougher. Now, one big thing is supply and demand. Sometimes there's such a high supply or there's an infinite, there's like a limited supply because there's only so many seats that can be in Madison Square Garden. There are roughly 20,000 tickets. How can they get distributed? It's not like Ticketmaster goes on sale and they just sell every ticket. Well, there are tickets that go to VIPs or people associated with the bands, associated with the arenas. I remember back in early 2000s, I was on the website for Madison Square Garden and I saw that they had a special package where you paid an annual fee per ticket and you would get a automatic guaranteed pre-sale for every seat in the house before they went on sale to the public. I thought this, except for the Knicks and the Rangers, since those were all done on season ticket basis. And I thought, wow, this is a great thing. So it was back in 2002. Once again, who was playing the Year's Eve at Madison Square Garden? Well, it was Fish, and I wanted to go, because Fish hadn't played a concert since 2000. It was like two and a half years after their final concert at the time. And I was such a big fan, and I just wanted to go, and... I didn't, because I called the guard and I asked them, how much is it to get the special one pre-sale? I was like, for a full year, it's ten, it was, at least in 2002, I'm sure, almost well, 10 years later, it cost more. $10,000 to see. That's right. If I had $20,000 in 2002, I would be guaranteed to buy any ticket to any non-Dixer Rangers event at Madison Square Garden for face value. I still have to actually buy the ticket. That $20,000 didn't guarantee me a single ticket. didn't include the high prices of tickets. But it was something that this pre-sells. And I've learned over the years, other arenas have those packages, even though they're sometimes for less. I know that Nassau Coliseum a few years ago had the similar thing for $1,000 a seat. So for $2,000, I could have bought tickets to any concert at Nassau Coliseum for face value, which would be work, which would be great. I know that I've seen a bunch of concerts in my life at Nassau Coliseum. It's an arena which I know that the owners of the Islanders want to get replaced over the summer, there was a vote in Nassau County about using public funds to build an arena to replace Nassau Coliseum. And let me have some tea because I'm feeling a little sick, and I will give you the answer of if that vote failed or passed. And yes, I think I kind of gave it away by saying it first, but yes, that vote failed. I like the idea of new music venues. I mean, there's the old ones, there's the there's certain legendary ones. I'm sure that once I get our first guest on, Greg, that he'll be able to talk about some of his favorite venues over the years in California, in Colorado, and two summers ago when he finally got to see fish in New York. 
there's some venues which are nicer than others. Like, for example, there are really two main outdoor venues in the New York City metropolitan area. There's the PNC Bank Art Center, which is in Holmdel, New Jersey. There's also Jones Beach, which is deep into Long Island. Each of them have their pros and their cons. But we streamed about them building a new venue, one that was closer to the city, that had more seats, and gave more pe- got more people closer to the stage. It's like weird when you have these pavilions and amphitheaters where you've got the indoor pavilion, and then you've got the outdoor lawn behind it, where the lawn could be fun. But sometimes it kind of doesn't. It isn't fun. There are certain lawns where you have a better view of the band than if you were at other ones. Like in the summer of 2009, I went to SPAC, which is the Saratoga Performing Arts Center, which is in Saratoga, New York. And it was a fun show. I saw Fish there, of course. They played Harpua, which is a very rare song of theirs which I had not had a chance to hear up to that point. But I was on the lawn, and the lawn has just really, it's there, has just such horrible views. But it's okay, because the show is great, but I wish I could, so places where you're in a venue and you wish you could be in that seat. I remember seeing a concert in Philly at Veterans Stadium. It was Dave Matthews, and it was Dave Matthews' band, along with The Roots, and also playing with Santana. And I was right behind home plate, which would have been great seats for baseball. However, this wasn't baseball we were talking about. This was a concert where the stage was in the equivalent of center field. So the So I felt like even though I can see the stage and I can see the band playing, I felt like I was really had front row seats to see the floor, to see people dancing on the floor and wishing I could be there, wishing that I could be on the floor for a concert. And it was a fun experience. It was a special experience. As over the years, I have seen concerts everywhere and enjoyed myself everywhere. So I'd like to bring on a fellow concert goer, I believe. I believe this is Greg who's calling in. Hello, Greg. Is this you? Hey, how's it going? Excellent, Greg. Thank you for calling in. Happy holidays. Oh, sure. Happy holidays to you. Thank thank you. Um, So are you out in Colorado these days? Uh, I am. I'm enjoying it. We're freezing, but we're doing all right. Mike, hold on. My son is. Go inside, please. <laughs> Go inside. I'll be right there. Sorry about that. I guess that's part of the topic, though, right? Having kids. And... Absolutely. We can speak about your dual role as a parent and a music fan. Right. Tell me about tell me about how you've brought music into your children's lives. Um. We uh, obviously we we listen to a lot of our own music here you know, at the house and in the car. Uh, a lot of fish, a lot of Grateful Dead, a lot of string cheese incident. Um, you know, we got our daughter actually um got really into bluegrass for a while. She really likes Yonder wow. String Band. So 
um, yeah, we just, you know, we listen to a lot of music at home. They know we go to a lot of concerts, and uh, it just kind of culminates from there, you know. And then the kids, they, they'll branch out in their own, you know, their own way. You know, like my uh, my daughter now is a is a huge Taylor Swift fan, and it's all she ever talks about anymore. So um, I think we're having a good positive impact on them. Excellent. I'd like to hear about where where music started for you, and when you were a kid, what was it you were listening to? How much how much or how little was the influence of your parents and your family when it came to the music you were huh. listening to as a child? My parents had absolutely no no influence in my music taste whatsoever because obviously they listened to you know Johnny Mathis and you know the Righteous Brothers and stuff like that. Just and I just remember listening to that kind of stuff you know as a kid. And then as I started getting in towards I don't know probably sixth grade, I started getting into um, like heavy metal a little bit. Um, and then I discovered punk rock. So I was a I was huge into punk for a long time. Uh, listened to a lot of Dead Kennedys and Subhumans and Sex Pistols and um, you know, bands band such as them. And then uh, I uh, I saw the uh, the video Touch of Grey on MTV and uh, was just absolutely mesmerized by by the song and you know the skeletons dancing on stage. And uh, when I was 15, my uncle took me to my first Grateful Dead show. And coincidentally enough, they opened with Touch of Grey. And I've been a deadhead ever since. Wow. So wow. And, kinda, and, well, and when and where was that first show? Uh, it was April 24th, 1988 at Irvine Meadows. In beautiful Orange County. Yes. Beautiful Southern California. Absolutely. So, so yeah, and I've just been, you know, been pretty much a, a big fan of the whole jam scene ever since. And uh, excellent. Uh-huh. And and how did the oh. dead segue into fish for you? Um, I uh, got into fish because of my my best friend Marcos. He um, went off to college back in '92, I think it was, and came home for a summer one time and said, here, you got to listen to this band. And uh, it was some live recording of, of Fish that he had gotten when they had played up there in Humboldt. And, and uh, it, didn't take, it, it, it didn't take to me right away, to be perfectly honest. I was kind of like, whoa, these guys are just plain weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I finally got a chance to see him. Um, my first show was in Ventura in 1998. And uh, after that, I was I was definitely on board. I was definitely on board, and um, it's yeah, <laughs> it's kind of <clears throat> so almost ten years after your first Dead show. Correct. Yep. Excellent. I mean, because I know that you are a grateful dad. Right. And and it's like you. Now the question is: Do you or or your wife, who is, as you know, one of our most requested guests on the First, people to be guests yeah. on the show, or your or your kids musicians at all? Do you, do you play music? Do you create music in any way, whether it's just real or um, virtual instruments? No. Well, I have a guitar. Unfortunately, I don't know how to play it. Um, my daughter likes to take it out and pretend she knows how to play it, kind of like I do. <laughs> and uh, 
and she she definitely expresses interest in learning how to play, and as soon as I can, you know, make that happen for her, I will. Um, my five-year-old has, um, he seems to have a thing for drums, and maybe that's just because of his age, and he likes to, you know, to bang on things, but he seems to be able to do it with, with some sort of rhythm, so I'm really, you know, I'm kind of impressed by that. See, my, my seven-year-old doesn't show any interest really in music whatsoever. He's, you know, well, a little bit, I guess. He likes Michael Jackson a lot. So there are certain people where there's just influences. Where, like, where do you find, like, out? Where do you find that your kids are finding the, their music influences outside of you and your wife? Is it their friends at school? Is it what they see on TV? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely school. I would say definitely school. Um, and the friends, you know, that they make at school. Um, they always like one of their favorite things to do is you know they come home from school and and a lot of times they'll they'll jump on YouTube and watch um, you know either Taylor Swift videos or Michael Jackson videos or the the most requested which would be the Meat Stick from last year's New Year's show <laughs> they get that nice. one quite a bit <laughs> yeah and they know you know which Meat Stick it is like if we try and play a different one it, it won't cut it it has to be New Year's. Well, in a million different languages, plus, plus certain people you knew were in attendance. Right, exactly. I mean, it's, it's it's definitely different listening to a show, knowing that you've been there or that a friend was there, compared right. to just being a show where it's like, wow, I'm, wow, you've just listened to something amazing music-wise. Right. That's something that's beautiful. So... Yeah, so my my question to you, Greg, is what do you suggest to other parents in terms of allowing kids to be exposed to music? And what is what is the advice that you would have for other parents? Well, my advice is, would be to encourage, um, you know, music in any way possible. I think music um, has, a, has a way of bringing people together, has a way of bringing community together. I think that it's it's a very important role in in anyone's life. I mean, it brings so much happiness and joy, and expresses so much emotion. You know that it would be. I just think that it's a, it would be a good outlet for kids. It's something that that they should be should definitely be involved in. You know, and, and encourage that as much as possible. Excellent. I mean, is there anything that you wouldn't suggest? Um, do you see like any role in censorship, or how do you talk? few kids about music that might have questionable lyrics or um, things that they may be, um, su- be suggestive? You know, I haven't really come across that too much um, at all. Um, so, no, I don't I don't know that I have any advice for that. I just think it it's up to the parent, whatever they feel is, is age appropriate for their kids. It's, it's their, it's the parent's choice when it comes to you know, what kind of music their kids are going to listen to at a certain age, um, you know, in regards to something that might have questionable lyrics or subject matter. Um, you know, that's that's really the parent's choice. In, in my case, you know, like I said, I haven't come across it too much. Um, and I, I tend to be pretty open-minded. I don't feel that, um, you know, if you listen to, you know, like Black Sabbath or something that your kids are going to turn into devil worshippers. I know that was a huge topic back when I was a teenager. 
you know, I just don't, um, I just don't agree with that. I just don't think music can turn somebody into something like that. What, like, what do you think about the um, the famous parental advisory labels that were just so famous in the nineties? Oh, I, I think they're ridiculous. I, <laughs> I think censorship, really, in any form, is is pretty ridiculous. And again, it's really up to the individual parent if they want to let their child listen to it. But I think with that comes a certain responsibility of, you know, making sure you're raising your kids right so that they don't turn into something, you know? I I get that. You, you know what? Thank you very much, um, Greg, for joining us and just oh, sure. for, for, for providing just such an insight in being a parent and being a fan of music and just how how music has just played such a role into the life of yourself and your family and your children. And I think that's yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. All right, Greg, All right. thank you so much thank for joining us. You. And, 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 and tell your wife we want her on the show. I will do what I can to get her on the show for you. Have a great day. All right, Greg, you too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I we have someone celebrating their birthday today. I'd like to bring them on to the show. So, hello, birthday girl. Hello, everyone. Good evening, and how is everyone today? Um, this is Gail Davis, and um, I am very excited today. Um, it is my birthday, and I get to celebrate it for the rest of the month, so that's really cool. And... Um, so what, Ian? What are we talking about today? No, we've been talking about a few different things: the exposure that parents, how parents expose music to children, about just the evolution of the industry of selling tickets and just getting into concerts. And you know, a lot of it is just about preparing for the holidays and giving back. So, 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 Gail, is there anything that's been exciting you today? Well, you know, um, one of the things that's really coming to me today is really about family, you know, family. And I'd like to share with the audience today that I have a a mother who is uh, very, 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 very ill and in the hospital right now. And I'm still celebrating with her and despite all of those things and still moving forward with work and everything. And what I'm really thankful for is that she's alive. And she really did turn me on to so many types of music from classical to jazz to R&B and pop and learning about the older artists to the younger now. And that's what really created and developed my appreciation for music. But I think what goes beyond that is one of the ethics that my mother taught me to was to give back, really give back. And, you know, um, he and I and Logan have been working on so many projects together along with so many of our other colleagues. And um, one, of the, so one of the projects that we've been working on, we were going to announce this week, uh, but next week we'll be announcing it as Science Music. Next week will be one of our last shows as Science Music. And we'll have a major announcement and a big surprise for all of you. And we'll be also thanking our guests over the last year or so for really being with us, making a difference, 
for Ian and Jay as well as Lee that well, we've been told that we make a difference for them in the community at large around youth and music and parents and so forth. So I guess my message is more of honor your family, honor the joy that you have in your friends, don't take each one for granted. No, there's all a special music that we have for each mood in our lives, you know, that the difference brings back a memory. And always music invokes spirit. It invokes spirit, it invokes fun. You know, we party, we have a good old time. Just remember that music and fancy go together. And it's through music that we remember those memories and those happy times. So, um, Excellent, Gail. So I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, yes, we are ending Parents Against Music. Next week will be the final episode. And as I said, we have a huge surprise. And, and Gail, like over the last um, little over a year, since August 2010 when we started the show, it's like, like, like what is it that you feel like you've discussed or that you've gained that you think has just been really just amazing? You know, yes. I go back to my mom. You really don't realize. Right. Remember. And what I really realized about music, about sitting down with your parents and listening to music together or sharing some parts of music that they listen to now and their parents listen to, and really coming together. And I think that's what I've really got, come away from this show with, an appreciation for people really sharing with each other and for parents having an opportunity to understand their children better through having a common thing that they can share, which is music. Absolutely. And, and Gail, being your birthday and... Just, just, like, what music are you listening to right now? Well, I'm actually not listening to any music. I'm listening to the show. So, um, I'm not listening to music, but what I will say is playing in my head is a classical piece by Bach. Uh, and it's a, it's, it's a melody that's playing from Bach. And it's a melody that I used to really relax and my mother would be cooking in the kitchen while I sat down and did my schoolwork to it. And I really loved it because it was quiet and it kept me focused. But it was also peaceful. So that's why I would say the melody is running through my head right now. Well, Gail, um, I think that's just beautiful, just the classic music and just being able to connect with your your mother and with your family. And I think that's just been beautiful. So I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. I'd like to thank Greg for being such an amazing guest. And please join us next week for the final episode of Parents Music. will be our series finale. We will have all the bells and whistles. It will be a very enjoyable show. So we will keep you posted. And we're looking forward to um, being with, in touch with you all next week. And once again, everyone, wish happy birthday to Gail. Thank you, everybody, and have a beautiful day.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.